know the why human trafficking work is needed to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation, episode 159. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, and today I have a special guest. Her name is Frankie Tease, and she is going to tell you a story about her life going from victimization all the way through survivorhood, and today she thrives. So welcome to the podcast, Frankie. Thanks for having me, Celia. And, you know, can you tell the people how we met? Because we just met not too long Mm -hmm. ago. And uh, what were the circumstances? Well, it's a good story because I was researching the R. Kelly story. Yeah. And recent uh, sentencing, sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going through the Internet and I stumbled upon this article that she wrote on Yahoo.com, YahooNews.com. And you were just really seeing my song. I said, wow, this view is unheard a lot mm-hmm. um, and needs to be heard more, which is that the fans were victim shaming the victims of R. Kelly. Yes. And you just, you, you really had a nerve for me. So I included it in my show. That's how I found out about you. And then when I researched you, I saw that you had a podcast and here we are. But also I was truly inspired to uh, let people know on my show about your up- upcoming conference. Yes, yes. The Human Trafficking Conference, the international, 19th international. So obviously you've been doing this well and I applaud your work and it was a great article. Well, thank you. And then I I listened to your podcast and I thought this is an amazing podcast. And so I want you, you to really talk a little bit later on in the podcast about your podcast. And I know you have an upcoming sure. book and it's just you're out there um, doing your thing and educating people and is sort of shining your light on the world. So I want you to talk about all that. But in the beginning, give the audience an idea, because I think this is a unique, um, I don't think we've had this perspective, um, this experience on the podcast yet. Okay. So I know it's, it's it can be pretty prevalent. So can you talk about your experience as a trafficking victim and survivor? Love to. Glad you asked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're right. Uh, you're right. It's it's an under-discussed topic that trafficking happens in cults a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so this is an excellent place for them to hide. The freedom of religion and tax exemption really doesn't allow a lot of inspection mm-hmm. of what's going on in cults and in religious groups. And, you know, for me, my family and Celia, I want to try to be sure to break down really step-by-step the trafficking element of this. We were living in North Long Beach Mm -hmm. and 
so I'm 88. I have a redhead twin sister mm-hmm. and, and a mom. We don't have our dad. So, mm-hmm. so my mother, my mother gets invited to a thing called parents without partners. Mm-hmm. Sounds really great. An advocacy group for parents without partners, right? Yeah. Well, she goes there. We go to together to this pizza house. And there's three ladies clad in white speaking for a church, a religious cult, a new age church. Mm-hmm. And I'll be damned if they didn't convince her to go. They start giving readings, astrology readings, aura readings, mm-hmm. all free and exciting. And so pretty soon we are traversing to a church across town about 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. By the time my mom's hooked and we are disciples, we're initiated, quote marks, and renamed. Oh wow. They ask us to move near the temple. This temple is called Morningland Church in Long Beach, California. Still there. Mm -hmm. Still doing their thing. Over the past 19 years, the International Human Trafficking and Social Justice Conference has welcomed thousands of attendees from all 50 states and from 47 countries. We are the largest and oldest academic conference on human trafficking in the world. Our 19th annual conference will be hosted virtually this year on September 21st through the 23rd. You will have the opportunity to learn from and collaborate with thousands of advocates, researchers, providers, and survivors from across the globe. This will be our largest conference to date with over 110 breakout sessions featuring 175 expert presenters speaking about various topics related to human trafficking and social justice issues. Make sure you are part of the conversation and don't miss out. Find out more and register today on our website, traffickingconference.com. <laughs> wow. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Okay. So so the trafficking in cults then becomes internal. You're in a sealed in group. Mm-hmm. My it was a system where my mom was separated from my twin and I. Okay. We were showered with love. We were so special. We were virgins that needed to be pure. We're going to be in a sacred order called the Daughters of Isis. We're going to play music at the temple. It was so, you know, I wanted to be this spiritual person. It was really attractive to me. And I'm young. I know nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Add to that, right? Yeah. And I know that that's other ultra girls and ultra boys are knowing what I'm talking about right now. It feels nice mm-hmm. to have this much attention. Shall oh, we? yeah. Well, yeah. How long did it take from the time that you went to the Parents Without Partners to actually get to move closer to the church and to be really involved? How? What time passed? I would say months to one year, under a year. Okay. Okay. We attended the Sunday gatherings on a regular basis and some classes and, you know, slow, really, in some respects, mm-hmm. slow. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more to tell. And I tell this in the upcoming memoir that's not yet published, but mm. pretty soon we're separated from our parent as uh, they were demeaning my mother. They were telling her not to interfere in our training. Quote works. Okay. The training <laughs> got weird. 
At age 12, it started to be grooming and sexual contact very lightly in small group that was the inner circle, as well as videos, sexual videos, and untoward discussion that should have been had with 12 to 14-year-olds that aren't your parent. And who was doing this? Who was grooming? Who were the pastors or who was it? Yes. The inner circle is at that time, she's now, the two um, original leaders are now deceased. Okay. You know, not to hit you with too much story, but the time we're speaking about is 1972 mm-hmm. to four when okay. they when they formed. We went in 74. Mm -hmm. And I was age eight. So by age 10 to 12, we're in a group of six. Two are my sister and I. Two are the Gopis, which are their clergy. Mm -hmm. And two are what are called Kamazis. She makes up these sacred orders for people. (laughs) It sounds pretty weird, right? New age stuff. And then the leader. Okay. And she would take us on these training things to the lodge or to local restaurants and you know you're going to be in training to be the next healer teacher seer super serious stuff Mm -hmm. and intimidating Mm -hmm. and so pretty soon my mother was backed off in a vicious manner they would demean her in public sessions say she abused us and really made a whole narrative Mm -hmm. to turn us against her that is the propaganda that makes trafficking happen. Wow. Zero in on that for a minute. Mm -hmm. People say, why do you talk about propaganda on your show? Because we were not forced. Mm -hmm. We were propagandized into doing things we shouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. And this was a way of really a way of separating you from your mother and yes. being able to take you on these retreats and trainings and which yes. was really grooming and manipulation. Bam. Yeah. hundred percent. And that clergy religious language is quite intimidating. These are our superiors. These are our authorities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are our teachers and our seers and they connect us to the next dimension, all that stuff that she was preaching, which was a lot of new age. Mm -hmm. right so you know you don't know what's happening and there was a point my mom says we discussed finally when we made up that she remembers saying if you run away if she took us we would run back Mm. she was like this woman's got a hold on my daughters Mm -hmm. and now I'm in a chess game how to get them out and she didn't win Mm-hmm. By the time we were 16, we were dropped out of high school without the knowledge of my parent. Mm-hmm. We were there every day, 24-7, and went home to change and sleep. The home was a block away. By age 18, my parent was excommunicated, already had planned. We were moved in. There was no goodbyes. Mm-hmm. It was extremely vicious all psychological mm-hmm. stuff. And by 22, I left with a dollar in my pocket for the bus. Wow. And how nothing you, more. How were you able to leave with, I mean, with the dollar, how, how were you even able to leave that place? It's incredible. You know, 
there's a point that I talk about in the book where the veils just fall away. Mm-hmm. It has been emotional. I'll tell you that even now, Celia. But the trickery that we experience as children who grow up in the cult is really bad. Mm-hmm. And when when I realized that they didn't give a care mm-hmm. about me, my sister had already left. So I was there by myself. Oh, it wow. was really bad. So so from age 18 to 21, severe in abuse and enclosure and just, you know, I would say psychological torture. And was it along with the psychological torture, was it also sexual abuse and yes. uh, emotional? Correct. Were there any physical abuse as well? No. Okay. They didn't mess with that. That's the one thing they didn't need to do. She was so good at ripping people apart. We didn't need any physical coaxing. The fear was so strong that one day when I had a, this is, you say, how did I leave? This is pivotal, I think, to your friends who are listening, who want to help people. Mm -hmm. I say, ask them questions. Mm -hmm. Ask them benign questions that make them think the critical thinking has been shut down by the propaganda. So you're not functioning properly. You know, that's why you're doing strange stuff for long periods of time. And so one day, you know, I was allowed to have a day job. I don't know. She probably got told it was a a legal issue and to make sure I had a day job. That's what I'm thinking now. Mm -hmm. Age 18. And so I had this day job where I was working at a Nature Way health food store in Long Beach. Doesn't exist now, but it was a store that had like uh, self-help books and uh, whole whole foods before there was a whole foods. Remember, I'm old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. but in in this section book section, I found this little book, and it called it was called Gut Reactors. And it started detailing chapter after chapter about people who are holding tension in their stomach area, in their solar plexus, Mm -hmm. how unhealthy that is. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting here at work reading this going, my God, I've been doing that for years. Something's really wrong here. Why am I afraid? What? And that's the beginning of pulling that sweater string. When you talk about the veil falling away, was it yeah. um, anything else that was happening? You you read this book and you started mm-hmm. to say, wait a minute, these are this is what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing. Was, was there any other people in your life that you talked to at that time? No, only the inner circle. I was in, completely enclosed, just like the R. Kelly people. Um, my diet and schedule and work was controlled by the master. And so it's really hard to have another thought, but what is pushed upon you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but I remember after my sister left, the cracks began to show. Mm -hmm. And then I think they thought, well, here's a hollow person. We can finally turn into the leader that we want her to be. All these years invested in it. Then I was raped by the master in a private session. Totally shocking. Uh, usually they use words to manipulate you into it. And she just came out of the blue. And I'm thinking, how long have you been waiting to do that? Mm -hmm. And then I was in a physical shock 
tears she couldn't control. And she put me in someone's house for two weeks to let it subside. (laughs) After that, I think I was like, really, really in shock. Like, I'm surrounded by people that don't care about me at all. Where am I? Who's, I've got to reach my family. And it just started happening. Mm. So I think that for your listeners, you know, if you can get this person to think, have you seen the sun in two days? Mm. When's the last time you had a vacation? Have you had a medical checkup? Did you get your, your teeth checked? No, to all of those. I literally was being treated like a slave. Mm. And told I'm special at this, <laughs> to get it to happen. So, so there's a lot of ways. And, you know, just like your R. Kelly article showed, like, he lured those people in. He told them they would have a career. And they believed him because he had one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had power. And yeah. this person had power. Two properties, thousands of followers. She could pare down the, I watched her, pare down the clergy at will to 200 and still amass a city block they own it still it's a compound and so what happened that day that you decided i i only have a dollar in my pocket and i'm leaving what what happened what was the thoughts i was sent on another timeout i was in a room by myself for hours no internet of course at that time so i went to the phone book and i started looking for my sister's phone number I said, damn, you know, I know, I know she's listed in Dana Point. So what I'm going to do is get this dollar because that's all I could find in the drawers. And I didn't have any money. And I'm getting on this bus and you'll love this, Celia. You'll love this next part. I get on this bus and I go to Dana Point, which is in California, Southern California. Mm-hmm. A guy sees me and goes, hey. He thinks I'm my twin sister. Oh, <laughs> wow. And so that's and I how say, you got- no, no, I'm her, I'm her sister. Where does she work? Do you know how to get in contact with her? And he goes, no, but you can stay in my van for 24 hours and eat top ramen until she goes to work. Cause I know she works here. Not unsafe at all. Right. Celia, yeah, right? Right. not unsafe. <laughs> but um, wow. How but, amazing. Right. Yeah. What? an experience to run into somebody who connects you directly with your sister within 24 hours. Because I look exactly like her. And then I was out and then I was lost in space. Like many of us. Um, It took me many years to, to just say like, wow, I was in a call, you know, and then I had to grapple with my sexuality. Just being a sex slave demeans you and your sense of self. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to get it back. Mm -hmm. So I became a stripper in Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And it's a very strange path to have led, but you're literally getting paid to take care of yourself. Something that was discouraged by the cult to spend time on me. Mm -hmm. So I was fixing up, you know, exposing myself to, to pervs, which is ridiculous that I would be doing that. But it literally helped me work it out. I mean, I would imagine it's it's difficult to get a livable wage job having not been able to go to school and not been able to be yeah. trained. And so you have limited options. Yeah. yeah. And I tried to fake it for a long time. 
you know, I, before I was a stripper, I took the GED, which I passed in half the time. So I was still able to retain some skills by reading Mm -hmm. during, you know, my time in the church and went to college two and a half years, met a man, whisked off to a man. And I found myself emotionally at their whims because of the nature of my sexual relationships before Mm -hmm. all my abusers were women. It's another weird thing about the groomer was male, but the females are the ones who, you know, forced us to, to service them for about six years, three steady off and on. So, yeah. So you're, you're dealing with hypersexuality and where to put it. Uh, Society has one of my uh, favorite episodes personally that I've done so far as episode two. I know you understand the victim shaming because you called it shooting the wounded. Yes. And, and so episode two, I touch on Epstein and, and the victim shaming that's gone on. He targeted just like mine, single moms Mm -hmm. with families of little girls. And so they can, you know, easily be targeted. There's not going to be a man that comes and shoots him mm-hmm. for doing what he's doing. And in that victim shaming one, I started to realize I had done it to me. I victim shamed me. It's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You can't take responsibility. What happened when someone takes you pre-puberty and begins grooming you in a certain direction? Nothing. I'm a heterosexual personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew it the whole time. And I've learned a term. It's mm-hmm. called sexual disorientation mm-hmm. that they do to mess with you. Um, Morningland did it to many people. They told someone who was straight they needed to date uh, same sex. They told marriages to break up and date the opposites. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all coercive control. Yes. When you can mind control and mess with someone's sexuality, you can grip their mind. And, you know, people, and I'm so happy to be here with you, Celia, because people do not believe that you can be coercively uh, raped. Mm -hmm. There's a general disbelief in public. Well, why didn't you fight back? Why didn't you leave? Oh, I was petrified. Yeah. (laughs) That's why. Yeah. Well, Frankie, I'm just so uh, impressed with everything that you've been through and to accomplish what you've been able to accomplish, um, starting the podcast, writing the book. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. What's the name of it? And what what's the theme? What do you talk about in your, your podcast? So the podcast is called the Frankie Files podcast. Mm-hmm. It's every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to appeal to recovering cult victims of all kinds, especially cult kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ironically, when you're dealing with cult kids, you're dealing with a lot of uh, trafficking or sexual abuse. Uh, why do you think they want to separate them from their parents anyway, right? Yeah. They want slavery and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so I cover um, something different every week. So we have segments. So first uh, Tuesday is propaganda and how to recognize techniques of mind control like coercion. Mm -hmm. Second Tuesday is sexuality. 
things like Nasser, the 300 victims he abused in plain sight, mm-hmm. um, and the trafficking that goes with this type of sexual abuse that leads up to it. Third is newsy stuff, cult catch-up about, you know, what's going on with cults in the world right now. Sorry, guys, it's not, a, but 10 years ago, these things are happening right now. And fourth is dedicated to children who grew up in cults. And I even interviewed recently a cult baby. She was born second generation, trafficked all over the world in children of God. And, you know, this is the stuff, the trafficking element. How do they get it all done? They traffic people. Mm -hmm. They have a reason. Well, you got to go fundraise in Nicaragua (laughs) where you won't be checked on, you know, for decades. You won't go to school outside the church. They're pretty crazy stories. So, and then fifth Tuesdays, I do reserve for interviews of experts and survivors, although some interviews take place on third Tuesday. So it's a, it's a jumble of recovery and news. That's amazing. And where, where can they find Frankie files? Is it, are you on most of the podcast platforms? Correct. And including YouTube. Uh, So we, we've been branched out to iHeartRadio lately. So it's uh, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and YouTube, and probably any other place you search so mm-hmm. far, so good. Um, FrankieFilesPodcast.com is where you can submit to be a guest. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have other survivors. Uh, I really want to amplify the voice of survivors. As you can see, as you're reacting to my story, the story tells the cautionary tale. Yes. The story itself, our stories say a lot. Yeah, I love the uh, the fact that you're giving voice to survivors because getting your power Thank choice you. and voice back is so important. And oh. tell us about the book that you're writing. What's the name of it and what what's the book about? The name of the book is still in a balloon with 20 other names. <laughs> it's really hard to uh, nail that down for me, but the yeah. book is my memoir. Okay. So it's essentially the trafficking story, how we were exploited, how my mom was separated from us, the indoctrination, a type of religious atmosphere, um, And how I feel it impacted our lives and how they would have been so different if we had stayed at AJ in North Long Beach, where all our friends were, Mm. instead of transferring to a different school and neighborhood middle school, we'd still have people checking on us. But to, to, you know, the disadvantage that the traffickers always have is to relocate us. And then they've got all the controls. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Frankie, when the book comes out, please come back on and tell us about the book and where we can purchase the book and the title of the book and anything else that you might be working on in the future. Because I think bringing this issue into the light is important. It's important for all of our listeners to know that these are You said, ask these questions, ask questions, because you might find answers 
that you never even knew someone might be experiencing that. But if you ask the questions, you'll learn. So thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast, talking about this topic, enlightening us so that we can be aware of it. And and please come back when the book comes out. My schedule is open to you anytime, and I will be glad to uh, keep you on my journey. And I would love to have you on my show. Absolutely. We will do that. That was Frankie Tease, who had the courage to get out of the cult that she found herself in, who had the courage to have her voice be heard and start a podcast called Frankie Files so that she could educate, enlighten, empower, give voice and choice to other survivors who are out there. Look, using religious language, made up words, orders, training, these are the tools that religious cults can sometimes use. Her experience and the experience of many victims of cults been very, very intimidating. It's not like you can just choose to walk away. I've said it many times. It's when this happens, people aren't typically chaining your ankles and your wrists, they're chaining your heart and your mind so that you can't leave. There's psychological grooming going on, sexual violence that takes place. It's a chess game. What they did was they systematically separated the children from their mother, demonized the mother, then excommunicated the mother so that they could have the children to themselves to abuse, to psychologically groom, to torture, to sexually abuse. Frankie says, please ask questions, ask questions, innocuous questions. Have you been outside? Have you seen the sun? I would add, do you have your own opinions? about things? Do you doubt what's happening to you right now? Do you have friends outside of this association, this church, or this sect? Because it's really hard to have another thought, as Frankie says, when your your heart and your mind is being filled by somebody who's controlling you. I can't comprehend what Frankie and others like her have been through, I know that it's worth it if we're going to take care of each other. It's worth it to experience that gut feeling, to to turn that voice up when you see somebody and something just doesn't appear right. Ask questions. Be courageous. Be curious. You might save someone's life. Good luck in all that you do, Frankie, for the world and for yourself. Till next time, the fight continues. Let's not just do something. Let's do the best thing. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.